Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Monday, March 27th, 2023. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film staff writer and box office analyst Ryan Scott. Hey, everyone. How's it going? It's Monday, Ryan, and uh, you are on the podcast, which means we're going to be talking about box office. And uh, this week, what was the big contender? John Wick Chapter 4? John Wick Chapter 4 was indeed the big contender. And um, it it, uh, it goes without saying, or maybe it doesn't, doesn't go without saying, that the movie topped the box office. Um, but what is really impressive <laughs> here is that this continues the trend of people not realize this, but the John Wick movies, like they feel like a huge franchise now, but the original was very nearly like a VOD movie with like a theatrical component. And then like pure critical word of mouth essentially pushed it to become, uh, if we're being honest, a relatively modest hit. Um, the first one only made 86 million worldwide. Well, John Wick chapter four debuted to 73.5 million domestic. Um, and then it also made uh, 64 million internationally for 137.5 million dollar worldwide uh, haul. That is the best opening weekend for the John Wick series. And what's crazy is like John Wick Chapter Two made about twice as much as John Wick did, and then John Wick Chapter Three made about twice as much as John Wick Two did. Now I this don't. This never know happens. Wick, it doesn't happen. Now a lot of times the sequel can make more than its predecessor, but never that kind of money. Now, I'm yeah. not saying John Wick Chapter 4 is going to make double what Chapter 3 made, but, I mean, it's just crazy. It's, it's you know, this and, and what's crazy is this one was almost three hours long, R-rated, n- not insignificant competition at the box office. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, it just it just did gangbusters business. So, this is incredible for Lionsgate. Uh, and, I mean, it, to be frank, this one needed every penny because it this the difference, the other movies had about $40 million budgets. Uh, this one had a $100 million budget, so it needed a blockbuster opening, but it got it. Um, I mean, you know, just tremendous, really tremendous opening. And uh, and I mean, just, you know, I, nothing but good news all around there. Um, on the bad news end of things, Shazam! Fury of the Gods had a very bad opening weekend last weekend, which we talked about. But it fell off a cliff this weekend. Uh, 67.8% it dropped only made 9.7 million in its second week and dropped to number three uh, with Creed three actually moving back up into the number two spot. So yeah, things are looking real bad for Shazam. Um, it, it has made 102 million worldwide so far, but uh, you know, off $125 million budget, it's probably going to struggle to get to 200 million. Uh, it could be looking at one of the biggest bombs of the year. Uh, just absolutely disastrous. Um, yeah, the thing that kind of blew my mind is uh, you said on Twitter that uh, Scream 6 is going to make more money in the end than Shazam 2. Yeah, mo- most likely. So Scream 6 right now, it had another pretty good weekend. Uh, it is at $139.2 million worldwide. It just passed the gross of Scream 2022. Uh, if it stays the course, it is on track to become the highest grossing stream- Scream movie ever. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, it, if it gets closer to 200 million than Shazam, yeah, I mean, we're looking at Scream <laughs> 6 making, you know, more, it's just, it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, so, we, you know, we should know uh, for people that don't know is, uh, Shazam 2 has four times the budget of Scream 6. Something like, like a- that. Yeah. Cause I think Scream 6, I think the budget was pegged at 35 million. So 
like three three and change. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just absolutely, absolutely, like just you know, crazy. I mean, but again, that goes. I talk about this all the time. It's all relative, right? It's all about you know, investment versus return. And superhero movies are expensive to make, and uh, we're seeing you know that that uh, a middling superhero movie is no longer enough to get the job done. People are very happy to go to the movies right now. It's just got to be for the right thing. And Shazam clearly didn't make a case for audiences and i you know rough very rough also of note shazam fury of the gods was actually playing in more theaters than john wick chapter four was this weekend uh uh, per box office mojo shazam's i just noticed this right now shazam fury of the gods was in 4071 theaters uh john wick chapter four was in 3855 so yeah kind of brutal there but yeah rough stuff did did you see Lacri- uh, Zachary <laughs> Lacri- Did you see Zachary Levi's insane like TikTok uh, and Instagram video messages that he posted over the, the last? He's had week? a few, yeah. And I think we talked a little bit about one of those on Friday. He yeah. seems like he's almost on the verge of tears in each one of them. Like it's <sighs> it's. Look, I feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, it's like, man, I don't know that you're helping. Like, I don't know that this is like. I don't know. Like David F. Sandberg said his piece opening weekend, and I think he had a kind of classy take on it. And you know, I I wish him well, and I and I'm very excited to see him go back to horror. Yeah. I feel like Zachary Levi's just it, he sounds. And don't get me wrong, there would probably be an element of feeling bitter, but I feel like he's just making that bitterness very public, and it's not coming off super great. Um, I don't know. Someone, need, uh, someone needs to take the phone away from him is what needs to happen. I think, I think, yeah. Cause, cause I mean, don't get me wrong. Particularly what we learned in that report about, you know, what Dwayne Johnson was doing behind the scenes, some of what happened with black Adam stuff. There's reason to be bitter there, but, but I think that like sort of handling it this way. Yeah. Th- th- those, those TikToks are, are pretty, or those Instagram, whatever they are, those Instagram posts, they're, yeah. uh, they're something else. And uh, boy, just a rough situation. My favorite one, I think, was the one where he, I think he used the F word and then went on to argue that you should go this weekend to see his movie instead of John Wick Chapter 4 because it's a, fa- it's a family movie. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, again, it's just like, sure. I mean, and we can talk, we could, maybe also worth yeah. talking about is that Puss in Boots, The Last Wish just fell out of the top 10 for the first time this week after 14 weekends. And that's got to do with the fact that there were no family movies in theaters at all since that movie was released. So maybe Zachary Levi's not super wrong in that like there's a hole for family movies, but I don't know that Shazam Fury of the Gods was the whole, the, the movie to fill that hole. Yeah. Um, let's be clear. We're, we're not mocking it. You know, I, 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 box office bomb like this is is bad for everybody um oh no just, i'm not uh, i i think it sucks especially because the first yeah. Shazam was so good you know the first Shazam was really charming and i and i thought this had breakout sequel written all over it we talked a little bit about that last week and i and i and i championed warner brothers for moving shazam 2 away from avatar 2 they were originally supposed to open the same day and i thought that was insane that was like crazy pill stuff so you know i I, I applaud Warner Brothers for at least trying to give this a slot to 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 do its thing. But, you know, audiences just did not show up. And, you know, it's more of a commentary on what's going on with superhero films as a whole right now. And I think that's, um you know, that's the challenge where, you know, where do we go from here? Do you think if they had released it up against Avatar 2 
that the narrative would be different. Yeah, you could have blamed it on that. Um, yeah. you know, like, cause then, then you would never know, right. You could always say, well, you know, it just got swallowed up by, Shazam, you know, by Avatar. And, yeah. Um, it almost might've benefited them in high, but again, I don't think, I don't think that's what they were thinking. I think they probably thought they had a, you know, more surefire thing, but yeah, I don't Yeah. That, that, I, I think that would have benefited the media narrative. It wouldn't have benefited their bottom line though, because it probably still would have made less than it made now against avatar 2 and ultimately you got to try to recoup as much money as you can so okay let's move on let's talk about Zack snyder's next movie it, it, rebel moon it's getting a release obviously on is it netflix i believe it's yeah netflix netflix, right? netflix uh, Zack snyder part, partnered with netflix for army of the dead and and that went really well so he kind he uh, signed a first look deal with netflix i believe it was to make a few films for them and this is something that I believe started out as a Star Wars movie that Zack Snyder pitched to Lucasfilm and uh, they didn't want to make it. So he developed it into his own thing. And this is coming to Netflix uh, in two parts. And Ryan, you have an exclusive about this. I do. So, yeah, and you are right. So what happened is and I believe this was before the Lucasfilm purchase. Uh, the Disney purchased Lucasfilm. I think it was actually the way I understand it is George Lucas actually kind of approached Snyder. And he had developed something to potentially turn into a film and it just didn't go anywhere. But but uh, so, yeah, he turned that Star Wars pitch into an original thing. Uh, and uh, speaking of John Wick Chapter 4, I actually had the chance to interview the whole sound team for the movie and talk to them about, you know, crafting the sound. And uh, the re-recording mixer, Andy Kiyama, he is actually working on Rebel Moon. And I just happened to mention, like, hey, you're working on Rebel Moon. Uh, you know, what, what's going on with that? Where are you guys at with that? And. He uh, he actually gave me something pretty interesting, which is a uh, so if you didn't know, Rebel Moon is going to be split into two movies The when they got into making it, it became, you know, for like Zack Snyder, it's an ambitious thing. So, but what's, <laughs> I was gonna what, say, what's, no, what, no, a Zack Snyder movie getting uh, becoming yeah. bigger than it can fit into one movie and then right splitting into two parts. No way. But so what's interesting here is that uh, here, here's what uh, here's what Mr. Kuyama told me. Uh, we yeah. just did the tent mix for the first preview of part one, and it's very exciting. It's a big, huge space. They probably don't want me to say this. Star Wars-y rebels against the evil empire thing over all sorts of different worlds. It's really fun. There's going to be two films. I think we're mixing that from June to February. And there's also going to be extended R-rated versions of each of the two films. So we're going to be mixing four different features. So what had not been revealed is that, yeah, they're going to do R-rated extended cuts for each one of the movies. So basically Netflix is going to end up getting, and I don't want to quite say four movies because someone, yeah, someone on Twitter was like, why don't they just release like the R rated cut? I'm like, I don't know if you look back to the home video era, director's cuts, extended cuts, unrated cuts. Those were really common selling pieces for, um, you know, DVD and Blu-rays and stuff. So I don't think it's like, this is just essentially like, old media new media starting to model old media in some ways like this is kind of par for the course but it's interesting because this isn't something that typically happens with with netflix releases yeah i was gonna say i don't think i've ever seen netflix do this with an original of any kind but i could be wrong no but Snyder's fan base are the types of people that will watch this stuff and they'll, they will watch both versions probably. And look, I mean, it's probably not a lot more work to take the slight, the extra footage and 
and give and do a slightly larger R-rated cut. So, I mean, why not try to maximize your investment in that way? Say what you will about Zack Snyder, but every almost every one of his movies has an extended director's cut of some kind. In almost every single one of those is better than the the theatrical cut. Oh, so. absolutely. And I think like Watchmen is a good example. Like the theatrical cut is, I don't know. Okay. This is me liking Watchmen an awful lot, but like, I know people feel some kind of way about that movie, but like, I think the theatrical, theatrical cut is really good. But then I think like the, the extended cut is the best version of that movie. There's also like the four hour cut. That's got like all the animated stuff in it. I think that one's good, but a little long, but, yeah, point being, it's like, you know, that for the movies of Snyder's that you might like, there's it tends to work. So I, I, I get it. But it's interesting. It's it's an interesting strategy for a Netflix movie, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I've had friends who hated Batman versus Superman and saw the the longer extended director's cut. And they were actually like, that wasn't bad. So I, I, I don't want to talk about that. I, let's not talk oh, no. about that one right now. Okay. Okay. Fine. Well, well, just uh, because I think I well, I got duped into watching that longer cut as someone who didn't oh, no. like BVS, and then yeah. I just remember thinking like, it's it's the same damn movie. It's just longer. <laughs> it's the same, I don't know, but. Okay. Um, you know we we have more to talk about. We have Toxic Avenger. We have Fast X. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're back. Uh, let's talk about Toxic Avengers. This is something you wanted to talk about, Ryan. I know this isn't the story that you wrote up for the site, uh, but are, are you a big Toxic Avenger fan? I think it's a fun property. I think that like the old movie is like a very of its time, and I've and and I do think it's it's ripe for a modern reimagining. And it just so happens we're getting a modern reimagining of this movie. Yeah, and, and we should say the original film was like this very micro-budget independent film by Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a trauma film. It's an old, it's, it's, a, it's a 1984 <laughs> horror comedy with the no budget and, you know, but it did turn into a franchise to be fair. Yeah, it was one of those like weird, like I don't think it would happen today where it was like the original film was very R-rated, uh, very gross out, uh, very, and then all of a sudden, it became like an animated TV show for kids with action figures and stuff. <laughs> oh no, it, it was weird. I don't think that would but happen. But that was today. par for the course in the eighties, though, because there was like a Rambo cartoon and like that was you know just because you had an R-rated property didn't preclude you from having an animated <laughs> show for kids. Okay, so tell us about this, Ryan. Uh, the remake, I guess, is going to include one one of the infamous scenes. Yeah. So so what happened is so again uh, in that same. Uh, interview with the John Wick chapter four sound team. Um, uh, so the toxic Avenger reboot filmed already. It's got like Peter Dinklage is starring in it and uh, Jacob Tremblay, Elijah Wood. It's got a really interesting cast and uh, cast and Mick and Blair who directed, I don't feel at home in this world anymore is directing it. Um, don't know a lot about it. Uh, but so I asked um, uh, Casey Ginton, who was one of the re-recording engineers uh, on the film is working on the, the remake. And I was just like, 
oh, cool, you worked on the Toxic Avenger remake. Can you tell me anything about it? And uh, Peter, you might know as someone who's done a lot of these interviews, sometimes when you ask somebody something like that, they'll be like, I can't tell you anything about it. Um, very fortunately, uh, Mr. Genton gave me a pretty cool answer. And so um, talk, he's, here's what he had to say about the reboot. Um, it's a really fun movie. Macon Blair, the director, I think did a really good job with it. Everybody was a dream on the film. I'm so surprised. For me personally, I had not seen the original Toxic Avenger until I had done this film. And it's a huge cult classic. And I know people are really excited about it. When they have tested it, fans of the film have been over the moon with this film. It's pretty out there. I think it's a different crack. Uh, they're giving fans what they want for sure. There's no lack of... I know everybody references the little kid's head getting run over and stuff. I think that there was an iteration of the film that didn't have enough of that. So they made a very... I don't want to ruin it, but it has it has been nicknamed the butt guts scene, and it's probably the best way to match the head getting run over energy that everybody's looking for. So it's in line with the fan base, and I think it's hilarious. So yeah, <laughs> uh, some some pretty interesting comments there. That it doesn't sound like this is pulling any punches, and uh, it 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 seems like it's been testing very well with audiences, and uh, yeah, sounds like it's going to be pretty brutal. Butt guts. Okay. Well, the original that that head busting scene, I think, was like a watermelon or something. something Is that the one like I'm thinking that, of? But, yeah. There was one but, that but like they ran over someone's head, and it, they actually just used a watermelon. So yeah, it was like it that was kind like, of yeah. micro budget. But it's also like it was a kid, right? So it was like a pretty like, but yeah. So but so this one, it sounds like they're going for, they're going to try to recapture some of that, but with a bit more of a modern. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It's, it's I, I sort of thought that was a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty compelling pitch for for that sort of thing. So I'm into it. I'll tell you, some of the people that I like to talk to the most are are like these people that like you, you got to interview. Uh, whenever I was on the set of like a Marvel movie. Uh, they would always be very secretive of what they were like trying to reveal and tell you uh, the, the 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 film journalists that were invited on set. Then you talk to like you know the costume designer or the 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 prop department guy, you know the head of prop pro, the property department, and they would be like, "Oh, do you want to see Spider Man's costume?" <laughs> I mean, it would be like <laughs> you would see like the unit publicist in the corner, like, "Oh no, um, it's always yeah, no, it's they, great, they yeah." Yeah, th those are the best people, I, I, especially because like it's just it's it's the the insight they have into the filmmaking and the crap. Like you always learn <laughs> such interesting stuff. Like I was talking to them about like all the headshots in John Wick, and they were like, "Oh yeah, no, we have to create a different headshot sound for each headshot because like it's all." And so they talked about like every one of those headshots and every one of those John Wick movies, you have to do like different stuff to create that headshot noise, and it's just fascinating. It you know what's great about them is they haven't been given the media training in a in a way they give you real answers with real insight and then you you end up talking to the stars or whatever and like they, they're just prepared to give you the same 10 answers that you know what i mean like they have the the 10 yeah. answers modeled so like you'll ask a question and it'll end up being the answer that you, to a question you didn't even ask uh but i yeah i love uh the crafts people that uh I don't want to say below the line. They're they're t still above the line uh, people, but uh, the people that like you know do the the sound design, the costuming, like the the people that you don't uh, that don't get as much credit for things. I think they 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 have they're like so so great to talk to. They they give you so much insight. Oh yeah, it was re it's really great. And anytime you get a chance, if if you're ever lucky enough to 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 talk to people that. 
that make movies on any level, like, you know, a costume designer, a, a sound editor, a, 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 a cinematographer, anybody. It's so worth doing. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, talk about Fast 10 for a second. So Brie Larson is in Fast... Is it Fast 10 or Fast X? Should I say Fast X? Uh, I think it's... Fast. <laughs> No, I think I think because didn't Louis Leterrier, the director, didn't he say it's Fast Ten because like the joke is like fast in your seatbelts? Uh, well, they should have just went with that title. Ryan is what I'm saying. <laughs> but okay, uh, so Brie Larson is in this movie because everybody's in this movie, and uh, people have been speculating for some time of like you know what kind of character she's going to play. Uh, many people thought she might be playing Brian's sister, uh, but she she is not. Uh, she, she is related to the family, but not through the O'Connors. Uh, she's related through, uh, if you don't want to hear this, then, uh, you know, skip ahead or tune out, but she revealed this to total film magazine. She is related to the family through Mr. Nobody. So Larson is playing Tess, the daughter of the mysterious government agent, Mr. Nobody, who is played by Kurt Russell in the films. And according to Larson, Tess is quote, part of the agency but she also goes rogue and edges more towards the family side uh but that means she has a lot to prove unquote so i mean this isn't too surprising um but you know she's going to share a lot of scenes i'm guessing with uh dom and uh the whole family What, what what do you think of this reveal of who she's playing in in fast 10 um uh, yeah, I, I think that the only the only really significant thing here is that it takes the, you know, Brian sister thing off the table, which I would have thought as well. But, you know, it's fine. It just sort of extent it's it, it uh, you know, the whole the whole Fast and Furious thing is family. Right. So this sort of, you know, keeps it in the family. And um, look, I like Brie Larson a lot. I she does that really friggin sweet motorcycle trick in the trailer. And all I really care about <laughs> is seeing Brie Larson in a leather jacket doing cool Fast and Furious stuff. Uh, so that works for me. And I like the idea of like Brie Larson being Kurt Russell's, you know, daughter. That's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, like, like I will see this movie because I will see any of these movies because they know what they are. They're a lot of fun and having Brie Larson in there can only be a good thing. Yeah. Also, uh, Louis Guterrier, uh, describes Tess as Dom's guardian angel, which Larson elaborated on saying when Dom gives her an impossible task, that's going to require a lot of thought and effort and also is putting herself at risk. She doesn't question it. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we've reached the end of today's Slash Home Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at PeterArtsSlashFilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow.